this is Yonder. It's Jeff Robbins, back with episode 16 of the Yonder Podcast. This week, I'm talking to Josh Pigford of Barometrics. Uh, they've got some really cool software that does some really cool metrics stuff <laughs> around your uh, e-commerce, if you're doing any e-commerce um, cool stuff. And they are uh, a small distributed company. Um, some really interesting stuff on this podcast. They don't use email, um, and I have very few meetings, so, um, get to talk to Josh about that. I want to tell you about the Yonder Conference. We still have a few tickets available. Um, it's happening in La Jolla, California, which is near San Diego, October 9th through 11th. Uh, and it's a small event, a round table conference, we call it. Uh, we all get to get in a room together and kind of pick a series of topics and have discussions, uh, about distributed work stuff. And, uh, if you're a person who's thinking about that kind of stuff and want to get together with other people who are thinking about that kind of stuff, it's a great opportunity. Uh, a lot of the people who've been, um, podcast guests here will be there, including myself. Um, you can find out about that at yonder.io slash events. I also want to tell you about the newsletter. Uh, our new newsletter is up and running. Yonder.io slash newsletter is the place to sign up for that. We send out Three short emails each week uh, to keep you updated with uh, articles. We've got more and more articles coming out on yonder.io. Uh, we uh, let you know about the new podcasts, uh, but also just sort of links to other stuff that's out there, kind of keep you in the know. Just three little emails a week to to kind of keep you updated with, Keeps your finger on the pulse of all the things happening in remote work and distributed companies. So you can go sign up for that. All right, let's get to our interview with Josh Pigford from Bear Metrics. Hi, Josh. Welcome to Yonder. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, where are you talking to us from? I am in Birmingham, Alabama, the um, you know the tech capital of the South. Yeah, no, I've been to true. Birmingham. <laughs> they, they at the time it was it was probably about twenty years ago, but they did have uh, 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 running water and uh, yes. and and light bulbs. So they still still have just dirt roads though. And <laughs> don't wear shoes. <laughs> and, <laughs> And so, uh, to give people some context, tell us about the company that you're running from Birmingham, Alabama. Yep. So, uh, I run a company called Bear Metrics. Um, so, we're I'm in Birmingham, but nobody else is. We're a fully remote team. Um, everybody, I mean, I work from home. Um, but so, Bear Metrics is a revenue analytics uh, platform. So, we help businesses analyze their revenue and 
um, essentially try to help them predict the future and, and make you know forward-looking business decisions. And how how many people are at the company these days? So uh, we're at eight. Yeah. Um, and how how's how's the business? How's business been? Uh, business is good. So yeah, we've been um, we've been in business for about three years, over three years, um, and just kind of trucking along. Yeah, everything's good. Nice. How um, are you from Birmingham? How'd you end up? There. No, so I'm originally my wife and I are both from Mississippi, um, but then we lived in uh, Denver. Bradford got married, lived there for a number of years, and then when we had our first kid, we we moved back south. All our families in the oh. south, so Birmingham sort of central to that. And how did Barometrics get get started? Yeah, so I've been uh, an entrepreneur for the better part of 15 years, mm-hmm. and. Um, a few years back in 2013, I had a couple other SaaS products, um, and I, I just needed this, the insights that Barometrics provide. So initially I had kind of just built this little internal thing or like that was the plan was to do a little internal software tool to help me kind of like analyze, you know, monthly recurring revenue, lifetime value of a customer churn, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then kind of realized, Hey, there's a, there is a larger need for this and put it out there to see what would happen. And it caught on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It seems like a really valuable tool. Um, predicting that stuff is oftentimes <laughs> much more challenging than you would think. Right, right, right. You think yep. I'll just put it in a spreadsheet and I'll be fine. Yep. I can figure it out from there, but, uh, yep. never seems to quite go the way you want. Um, and so, uh, how, how did you end up, um, building the company in a distributed way? Well, I mean, I've, I've always, I mean, always worked from home. Well, I say that there was a, there was a seven week span, um, right after I graduated college, graduated college where I, uh, worked for, so I went to college for graphic design and, um, and when we moved out to Colorado, I, I worked for this like interactive design agency for, seven weeks and realized, uh, I was a terrible employee. So, um, since then I've, I've always worked from home and just built things remotely as far as like team stuff's concerned. So, uh, it kind of was the natural, um, move for me. I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of indifferent. I think hiring remotely, uh, in general makes sense for the large majority of companies. Um, but especially being in, Birmingham, Alabama, like there, right. the, there, there wasn't a lot, there's a lot of like, there, there are lots of smart people here, mm-hmm. um, who are capable. There's, you know, there's a couple of really great companies here too, but the, the pond is much larger, mm-hmm. um, sure. can hire anywhere. So, yeah, yeah. I, I live near Providence, Rhode Island and say a similar kind of thing. It's like, yep. it's not quite the, the pool of people that I would have, even if I were just in Boston, 45 minutes away. Um, yep. But it's even better if you could get a distributed team. That a wonder, wonderful talent pool. Now, the yep. other other companies, other things that you'd done entrepreneurially, had you used this sort of methodology? or? So, uh, I mean, I don't know. So everything has been sort of a stepping stone for me, like me just exploring some random idea. I mean, yep. I don't so um the I guess the short timeline here like so in college um I had been building this uh I had, I had made the switch from um 
from PC to Mac. And I decided like I would start a blog. For some reason, that was the natural like, <laughs> hey, I'm switching to a different platform. Let me start a blog. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I did that and started this thing called the Apple blog and had all these um, writers who were writing underneath me. And, uh, and I was running, I mean, it was a business and ended up um, selling it to another pu- tech publication. And then um, at the same time, I uh, started building this e-commerce store. So I, uh, I used to collect these things called urban vinyl toys, which are uh-huh. just basically like art toys. Um, and so I thought, well, let me build an e-commerce business around it. And so, uh, so I built this like toy store. I mean, like we had, this is one of those things like where my wife and I are newlyweds and we've got toys piled up, uh, <laughs> to the ceiling in our apartment. Um, so, but then like from that I built, you know, we're ordering stock from like all over the world and I needed to track all these packages in one place. So like we're all, you know, Hey, we've got boxes coming in from China and, you know, from all sorts of countries. And so I wanted to track where they were. So I built this tool called track the pack. And then like that led me to um, like become as much as there can be a guy. I became the guy who uh, was like knew what he was doing when it was coming, like building software on top of all these shipping APIs. So then like that got me introduced to another guy who ended up being a co-founder on the survey uh, platform that we launched. And so we had these like two SaaS products around that. And then those were what needed the the insights that Bearmetrics provides. So Bearmetrics came like from like basically scratching my own itch for that for those survey products. So that's kind of like the condensed timeline of over, you know, 15 years of just like randomly trying things and one thing leading <laughs> to another. And I love that. it. It's the story of an entrepreneur. That's yes, that's yeah, great. So. Um, so talk to me about uh, sort of growing this new company or kind of any of the companies. Like, uh, um, how how has it been? Uh, I mean, I guess you haven't had a whole lot of uh, – it's not a really comparing, contrasting. We've had a couple of people on the podcast recently sort of comparing, you know, when they built their – brick and mortar company, uh, and then sort of converting over to becoming a distributed company. Um, but for you, it's been more of a matter of, of growing that out as a distributed company. Am I understand correctly? Correct. Yeah. I've, I've always gone the remote route. Yeah. Yeah. And so how's that worked for you? Um, I mean, it's, I just don't know any different. I mean, um, to me, it, it's just sort of what makes sense. I mean, I can see certain scenarios where, you know, having um, certain parts of a team um, or certain teams within a company all in the same place being being useful. And um, there's a certain level of, um, I don't know, like there's a team morale kind of standpoint that uh, or benefit that I think can come from being in the same place. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, those while there there are pros there, I think the cons end up outweighing the pros a lot of times. Um, and it, you know, we we try to offset some of the those things. Like, like we have a retreat in um, in about two weeks. Like we're flying the whole company up to Whistler uh, in Canada to just hang out for a week. So like doing that kind of stuff sort of like offsets any of the cons of working remotely. Um, and for us, it like it just enables a lot, um, 
Uh, to me, it enables us to hire the kind of people that we want or that are necessary to build the kind of company that we want. Because like, what we don't want is a company where everybody is, their entire life revolves around their work. And, you know, it's like work dictates everything. Instead, we want people to pursue the things that they, they want to pursue. And as long as they're getting their work done, then great. Um, you know, it like, tends to make people happier and uh, want to stick around longer. Um, so it's just, it just makes sense in my head. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that like doing a retreat seems to sort of offset the cons of being a, a, a distributed company. Um, yep. talk, talk to me about what you see as those cons. Um, I mean, I think it's just, I don't think there are many, but I, I think it's, um, the stuff around, you know, maybe like say brainstorming an idea or something or like, like quickly hashing out something. Um, is it's not that it's harder. It just requires a different amount of planning. Um, like I think for, for the longest time, my wife and I just had one car. And so that required some thinking, like, you know, like mm-hmm. not, it wasn't like difficult having one car. It was just like, Hey, I need the car at this time today. Okay. Well then I'll change when I was going to do this thing, whatever. And that's the same thing with scheduling anything really. Like we, you know, if we need to plan something out, okay, well then we just need to schedule that and, and then we'll talk about it. But uh, at the same time, um, I don't know that it's all that valuable. Like there's something to, there's, there's downsides to being able to just like randomly tap somebody on the shoulder and say, Hey, let's go hash out this thing on the whiteboard. Like, well, maybe that person's in the middle of something, right? Like there's, um, there's not a ton of benefits to always being available, right? You, you know, setting your own boundaries, I think is really important mm-hmm. and remote work really lends itself to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. I find that a lot of the, that kind of stuff you need to sort of think out more clearly when there's an office and people are coming into the office, either they are at work or not at work. You can tell because you can see them or not see them. Uh, there's sort of times of day that people are coming into the office or not coming into the office. But with a distributed company, I, I should also ask, are you using the term distributed company? I want to make sure I usually sort of match up to the to the term that the, the guest is using. Is that the term you prefer or, or what, what do you tend to default to? Oh, I don't know. I think I usually say like remote, but I mean, it's it's whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's no good words. Uh, yeah. Or all there's too many words. Um, yes. So, uh, so as I'm saying, like these things need to be a little bit more uh, thought out. Uh, so, you know, when people are working, when, how quickly should people should respond to an email or, or things like that? What, what of those kinds of things have you been, uh, find yourself thinking out? So uh, we've, we've spent a lot of time, especially in the past, I don't know, three or six months, um, trying to de-emphasize, um, the real time nature of communication. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we use Slack, you know, we're all chatting there, but, um, in a lot of ways like that causes anxiety for people mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's just, we don't, well, Hey, maybe I'm going to miss something or, um, it's hard to, you know, pick up a conversation the next day or all this kind of stuff. Like, like asynchronous communication is really difficult with a platform like Slack, but we are also don't feel like email is the solution either. I mean, we don't use email at all um, wow. for for in company communication. So it's um, I think like we we've just been we've been trying to not 
or, or, or put things in place that don't require people to be around all the time. Um, especially, you know, our backend engineering team is, uh, in Europe. So they're six hours ahead of most of us. Um, and so it's like doing things that make them feel like they need to hang around, um, later in the day, their time is something that we want to downplay as much as possible Mm -hmm. and not make them feel like they have to be on all the time or checking their phone at 10 o'clock at night, their time. Right. It's that so, it's that noon call, uh, like noon Eastern or noon Central, yeah. Uh, on Friday when it's like right. six p.m., seven p.m. in in yeah. Europe, and and you're saying like, yeah, let's get started on a phone call, uh, right? Yeah, that's yeah. so we just don't do that, and and we try. I mean, we downplay most meetings. I mean, the we have a a Monday morning like weekly video stand up that we all hop on, but other than that, um. Anything else is just pure, like, if you need to hash something out real quick and you guys want to hop on a call, fine. But, like, we don't do um, like full company meetings that often. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. All right. So, I've got to ask, talk to me about no email. So, well, I don't, I don't know how we kind of came about it. I'm not anti-email. I mean, I spend, or personally, so I I spend a lot of time in my email inbox responding to people. Um but from a company communication standpoint, so we're like completely transparent with basically everything within the company. So having everything searchable is a really big deal. So being able to go pull up like the business forecast that we posted in Slack, you know, six months ago, like that should be available to everyone and not just in some buried in some email thread. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just becomes this like central source for communication around all sorts of stuff. I mean, like, you know, the engineers will tie in, um, you know, external notifications from, um, like server monitoring things. So that's, that's a type of communication. So having that in Slack makes it accessible to all the people who might be interested in those data points. Um, it's, so, so we're using, I guess the, this metric doesn't quite hold up, but uh, the idea in my mind, it's like, if you're not using email, what else are you using? Uh, you must be using something else similar to email, but are you saying that you're using Slack instead of email or for, for anything within people, I mean, the, between people in the company. Um, so, so does that mean I'm, people will get a long thought out Slack message from someone like, you know, yeah, well, uh, that assumes that there's like long thought out things that need to be said. I, I feel like there's rarely like by there's uh there's something to be said of brevity. So sure. You know, we, we try to not like have these big long things that anybody needs to read because just like if you get a big long email, I mean, you rarely read the thing. So, um, true. You like slacks the same way. Like, we try to say what we needs to, needs to be said, and then we'll, we can you know extend a discussion around that, which we'll use like Slack has a threaded discussion, so we use that sure. yep. um, a lot. And um, and so it's the same same thing. Like we we just try to keep things really focused um, and organized as much as possible. Neat. Are there other things that you feel like you're using uh, where email would otherwise be used, or? Do you have like an intranet well, or other sort I mean, of message board it, kinds of things? Not really. Um, we've tried a few different things. When it comes to like document stuff, um, we we go back and forth on things. Like we're using like Dropbox paper for most of our 
company-wide documentation stuff. Um, we don't use I mean, like help desk kind of stuff. We use intercom for that. Mm-hmm. So that's doesn't tie into email for us. So, okay, this is interesting. You're, you're painting a, a fascinating picture for me. <laughs> um, at Yonder, the Yonder conference, a couple of years ago, I don't know if it was last year, but we were talking about the tools that people used for their various stuff. And it seemed like everyone there, at least everyone there, used just the Google suite of tools, Gmail, right. uh, Google Docs. Um, you're saying you use um, uh, Dropbox Paper, which for people that don't know is a, a tool that's sort of similar to Google Docs. Um, are you saying that you don't use the Google stuff? Well, so we have, I mean, like our email runs through, like if you, you know, josh at bearmetrics.com, like that's I mean, this is a good up. thing. I don't want, I don't, I don't mean it no, as, no, a, no. as a peer pressure kind of thing. I just well, think no, no, it's... Yeah, we're like most companies in that regard that we have. I mean, that's what our main company email runs through, which, uh-huh. you know, most email ends up being like just used logins for various services. But right. um, we we've got a bunch of stuff in Google Docs, um, but it's one of those things like we've been trying to find a better solution. So that was, you know, us moving to, to Dropbox paper um, is like us getting away from Google Docs. And sure. then like I've got this like new obsession with thing called Airtable, which is like spreadsheets, but really great. And so, you know, that, yeah. moving everything from Google spreadsheets into that and um, just that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I rarely log into like a Google service anymore. You're, you're a man who's st- stepping one, one step ahead of all of us, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it sort of feels like, ah. Oh. We're kind of, you know, you sort of fall into the Google stuff. I mean, it's, you know, historically it's solid, it's good, uh, sure. but, but you know, then it, it just sort of feels like this sticky glue that gets stuck yep. around your ankles. <laughs> it's like, yep, yep. Uh, I'd love to figure out something else, but we've got this momentum just to stay here. So, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's neat. Huh. Are there other uh, interesting tools that you think that you've found, uh, whether they're, yeah, I'm... I'm trying to think of like the stuff that most people have some like else and something else in place and that they don't really. So you're not doing, I mean, so like, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the like HR stuff, like we have a service called just works so that I don't have to like deal with taxes Mm -hmm. around having, having a remote team. They handle all that for me. Um, what else? I don't know. I, we use a bunch of different tools, but it's one of those things like I, I try to not even have to think about the tool stuff. Like we just get stuff in place and it becomes sort of part of our daily workflow. Is that uh justworks.com? Is the yeah, yeah, yeah. payroll services company? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, for people who are listening, who are like myself taking notes. Uh, there you go. Um, hmm. So you don't do phone calls very often. Correct. Not scheduled ones, at least. Yeah, yeah. Just because there's not, for us, it's, um, there's not usually, having like a a regular, you know, like our weekly stand-up is about as um, regular as anything gets because there's, it doesn't make sense to necessarily have um, like this constant, set of meetings in place. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So we do. I mean, I, I do uh, every other week. I have one-on-ones with each person on the team. Um, but that's just individual stuff. Uh huh. So you're still using that, mostly phone or mostly video? We do video chat for. I mean, we rarely. I mean, everything runs through. If, if we're going to hop on, like, talk to somebody, we'll do um, a video chat. Yeah. Um, via like Slack or something. <laughs> yeah, I had um, Todd Neenkirk from um, Four Kitchens on uh, last podcast, maybe the previous one, and we were talking about how they do everything through video. And I was saying, oh, I prefer phone and ended up publishing a, an article on the, the Yonder website. And then Laurel uh, from Yonder posted another article about why she likes video better. So everybody's got yeah. their, own, their own way of doing things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, and I get both. I mean, I, you know, whatever, whatever works best for, uh, you know, the other person is what works best for me. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's interesting. Companies, kind of find their own solutions for this sure. stuff, I mean, which is the same thing for co-located companies. The interesting thing is, and to some extent, one of the reasons for this podcast is the similar solutions that so many distributed companies uh, have, have come up with. Um, usually the people who are running them are kind of early adopters, people who are sort of willing to kind of, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit or whatever of just sort of like, yeah, I'm going to set this company up and we're not going to have an office. And, uh, right, right. uh, and the, you know, that, that usually says a lot about them as a person. And so you would kind of expect that, you know, with all of these creative, uh, business artists out there that there would be all of these completely different expressions. Um, but there's a lot of similarity in the, in the ways that, um, people have 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 built their their companies and sort of the way they connect and stuff like that um for sure yeah um what what kinds of things happen at your retreat um so in the past we've been doing sort of work retreats where you know we say you know we don't ever get to work in the same place together so let's work together from you know some big house that we rent mm-hmm. for a week and we'll you know maybe do a couple of fun things each day or something like that. This time it's, it is purely recreational. Um, I mean, we'll, you know, support people. We'll, we'll, we'll have folks handling support and stuff while, um, we're there. But, um, for the most part, it's basically like we've, we're, you know, going mountain biking and kayaking and hiking and like just hanging out together with, without having any kind of focus on work or like doing some big project together or anything like that. So was there yeah. a reason for making that change? Uh, I mean, just feedback from the team, like I, people wanting to, to get together because, because like we already work really efficiently, right. Separately. <laughs> like we don't gain anything yeah. by all of a sudden being in place, the same place for five days. Yeah. Like, um, Instead, what we don't ever get to do is just like hang out and, um, you know, it's like we don't, we don't get the like, um, like let's go grab a beer together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's the kind of stuff that we don't get to do. So like, let's, let's sort of recreate that. Um, now that we are all together for right. a week, you know? Yeah. I see that with a lot of distributed companies, uh, that, 
that there's that initial thing like we could get together and work together and <laughs> right. it's like the thinking that they would be somehow particularly different than uh, working together on Slack or video conferencing. I mean, and if it, anything, we're like it, less efficient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got you've got the, all the disadvantages of of being in a co-located company, right? It's right. distracting, and uh, people like listening to different music and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yep. that, that's funny. And then, but really, the part that you come away from the retreat feeling like, wow, was really so great to just be with people and do. Exactly. The, the sort of the more the non-work things and and build those connections and yep. relationships and and the trust and excitement that kind of goes I always find that there's sort of this retreat afterglow at the company the for like, sure for weeks and months it's sort of you're kind of riding off that energy of of that um yeah cool. Yeah. Are there other ways that you feel like um Barometrics is particularly unique as a company. Hmm. No, I mean, so you know, we've been making our um, as much data about our company public for, um, I mean, nearly since the beginning. So you, know, you can check and see how how, how Barometrics is doing at demo.barometrics.com. Um, so like that's a way you can kind of like we're open with how much money we're making and. All that kind of stuff. Wow. Some radical transparency, right. I think, is what people who like to use the word radical call that. <laughs> That's the only time you can use it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's worked out well for you. It has. I mean, I, you know, um, there aren't a lot of companies, or there certainly weren't, um, you know, three years ago, um, who were like making all this sort of stuff public. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I initially did it really out of laziness cause I, <laughs> I, I needed a, I needed a way to show off bare metrics. Um, and I, you know, there's just lots of, it's not like there's just this one page and I can like fake some numbers on one page. It's like every single, you know, metric you can click through on and view historical numbers and mix and match and compare data. And it's like just generating the fake like basically dummy data for, for that much, uh, just didn't make sense. So I thought, well, let me just make my stuff pub, like my own numbers public. And there we go. So that's what it started from. And then it like turned into a lot of other things, other things and has worked really well from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Talk about eating your own dog food. Right. uh, Here here it is. Yeah. That's really cool. Demo.barometrics.com is where you can find that. Uh, I'm getting an error on that page, but what? No, <laughs> boy, talk about radical transparency. Man. That's how uh, it goes, man. Something, yeah. something always breaks when you don't need it to. <laughs> well, maybe it's uh, so, uh, maybe maybe a refresh. It's working now for me. All right. <laughs> I'll blame oh, there it, I'll it is. Blame oh, it. it's beautiful. Look at I'll that. Blame it oh. on, I'll blame it on your internet connection. This is we'll wonderful. Say. Yes, I, my mm-hmm. internet connection does that sometimes. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. So you you did a talk at uh, at the out of office conference that I also uh, also spoke at um, a few weeks ago, talking about uh, growing the remote business. Where there, um, I I did not get a chance to uh, c- 
catch your talk. I had to run do something else, so I didn't get a chance to watch it before this. But um, you want to summarize that talk for the listeners here? Sure. So the the main thing I talked about was just the like I don't know. There was like thirty something different random bits that I've sort of picked up on over over the years of, of building um, a business. So. I don't, I don't know that there were any main takeaways other than um, I, I think for me, my business comes down to um, probably if anything, like scaling back what, what your idea of success is. So um, I think a lot of times business owners get really caught up in the hype of like running a business and like how exciting like growth can be. And um and then they kind of end up making bad decisions because, you know, they are end up being focused on the short term and worrying about things in the short term, um, and then worrying about what other people are doing. And um, instead, I think most people need to take a step back and kind of slow the ship down, um, and and like kind of maybe enjoy the ride instead of just getting so like hyper focused on, you know, growth at all costs and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The- <laughs> There's an article that came across my feed. I think it's in Inc. Magazine um, that that is titled "Being a CEO Can Cause Brain Damage," <laughs> according to scientists. That's the yeah, full yeah. title. And I, you know, and it's also one of those things. It's sort of hard to know if it's a cause or effect, right? Like, right, right. are they coming in with a little bit? But I, I and and I started thinking about like how. Um, there's a certain humbleness to building a distributed company working from home. Like a lot of that sort of um, status symbol-y kind of stuff that can happen in the sort of kabuki theater that happens around a, a, a co-located business isn't there. Um, and, you know, with Lullabot at one point, you know, I had 65 employees and yet I'm still just sitting in a t-shirt and shorts and, right. you know, looking out the window and, and doing work, you know? Um, yep. And, uh, and so, you know, there's a nice, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd like to think that there's some sort of like an architectural kind of like humbleness that comes with, you know, it kind of keeps you grounded, uh, um, working, at, you know, co-located working. Maybe some of it's that also like the sort of psychology of crowds and how, uh, you know, swarms of people can kind of yeah, make yeah. bad decisions <laughs> or, yep. uh, that, that, uh, you know, you're kind of free to, to again, be more, be more grounded with things. And, 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 uh, you know, also again, that thing of the creativity of it, defining your own thing that, uh, that you're, you're separate from oftentimes the, especially being a product company like you are, uh, the venture capital kind of pressures, um, uh, you know, measures of success, all that kind of stuff, which can be kind of toxic. Sure. I think people get stuck in, when you're in like a, a big startup city and you're working in an office with lots of other people, um, you kind of, you, you lose the, um, the external inputs from that, like that keep you from becoming um, like obsessed or um, unable to think of other things, right? Like you can't ever step away 
from the thing that you're thinking about because um, it's just around you all the time. Um, so when you're you know working in a remote setup, you can you know I can take a break and uh, and go for a run and like not have to think about work. I'm not going to come back and think about work necessarily, um, or I can go like work on some like piece of furniture that I'm building down in the garage or whatever. Like it's just easier to to step away and give your brain a break from thinking about the business all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it becomes sort of more of a holistic look at success as the life I'm living rather than the metrics of the company. Yeah. Although it's really great to have a good tool to measure those metrics. Oh, sure. No, I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I, uh, it's easy to get obsessed with checking our own numbers with our own tool. Sure. Um, but I, I try to be pretty intentional about not checking it that often. Um, and instead, uh, you know, I get some people want to like have the big TV with the, the metrics up on the screen so everybody sure. can see yeah, them or yeah. whatever. Uh, but for me, I don't, I'd rather, check it if i was like really controlled um i would i would check it maybe once a month um you know i'm not anywhere near that but uh you know instead maybe i'll try to only check it like once a day or something like that and i don't have like bare metrics offers lots of like notifications around new customers and cancellations and all that stuff but i and people in our team use that stuff based on you know what their role is but i i don't do that like i got that stuff turned off because then it kind of makes you obsessive about every little move that happens. And the fact is, is like all those little moves don't really matter. It's sort of the sum of all those things that, and the trends that really matter, at least as far as my role is concerned. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of that. You, you can do that with anything, stock market, all, all oh, the sure. stuff with the surfing. Yep. <laughs> it's sort of, you get obsessed over every little, uh, transient, whether it waves ups and ups and downs, uh, yeah. or kind of choose to step back and look at the the bigger picture. So, yeah. cool. Well, Josh, thank you so much for uh, talking to us today. Um, some good stuff here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, if anybody wants to catch up with you, follow up on anything that you've said here, where where what's the best place for them to follow up and catch up with sure you. uh either on twitter at spigford uh or um email josh at bearmetrics.com spigford s-h-p-i-g-f-o-r-d on that's it twitter or yep. josh at bearmetrics.com cool yeah. great thanks josh cool thanks jeff <laughs>